everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cool Down. And we got a full house, guys. Absolutely, I can't believe it. COVID and all. You know, they're saying COVID's mutating, but we've still got guys out here fighting the good fight, going to weddings, looking sharp, having parties with the youth. I don't know if we're reckless or we just, I don't know what, what's going on. But we've got the King of the North, Nick. We've got Hammerhead, Richard. Also, finally got the tooth fairy in here. I don't know if he's been taking care of some business back home, kids not getting that refund or something like that. We've got Matinho, the Tottenham fan, and Wonga Denga, the Dengenator, aka the Dengasaurus, replacing, ready to replace Gunnosaurus in standby. And then, of course, the man. <laughs> it's time, it's time to make the big bold prediction. But will he do it this episode? Our financial devil man. You know, some people call him a. I can't, I can't, I can't Bro. I can't, I can't. Um, um, <laughs> just keep my team in the top four discussion, uh, then I'll be happy. How's everyone feeling today? All good, all good. We're all good, we're all good. All good. Yeah, it could think, be a bit uh, better, but uh, all good. Oh, good, yeah. good. I think, so, I, I think, I think most, most has back because his team won. Um, he didn't want to come on the show. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. a conspiracy theory was building here. Yeah, while I was gone. What's going on, Jim? Hey, man, you know, whenever someone's missing, shots are fired. That's just how it is on Goal Lounge, man, or more so on, on the cooldown. But, uh, guys, let's, let's start with the big game. The big game. You know, the game that sees us, or we now see the, the league leaders, um, the 7 0 whipping, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Anyone can get we, managed to apart from me? Anyone can, managed to watch us? Can we can we just comment yeah. on how Liverpool's going first for the first time? I think in the history of goal line. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 The first time. Yeah. First time. First time. I don't. I don't yeah. want to mention it. Yeah. You guys know how it is, man. It's based on schedules. You keep thinking there's a conspiracy, but there isn't. But uh, good win for you, Claudio. I mean, seven zip. Uh, you know, we were saying potential banana skin. I thought it was always going to be a win, but I didn't think seven. Uh, yeah. You honestly yeah. showed your true, true class. Um, you know, who's going to catch Liverpool? That's the question at the moment, I think. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was yeah, a good definitely. game. It was like it was it was interesting because when you're looking at the game, first half in particular, Crystal Palace weren't bad. Liverpool were just yeah. lethal. They were just lethal. I mean, from Mini Mino with inside two minutes. To Mane, to then Bobby, Bobby's goal again. He's finally his form's coming, f- coming back out of nowhere. I don't know where it is. Scoring and assisting from inside of his own half, but they touches for all of the goals. It's unbelievable. Like when you start seeing the quality and difference in terms of teams and players and that sort of thing, it's that touch that makes a huge difference. And each one of those goals, their touch set them up and it was fantastic. It was just good to watch as a Liverpool fan, obviously. For you know how it is, um, but you know yeah. what I found interesting was that Mani Muno finally got his start, and a lot of the Liverpool fans are saying. You know, he's not good enough to be at, at a club like Liverpool. I don't know what your thoughts are, everyone. No, I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not a starting player. Um, everyone yeah. knows that. And I mean, yeah. as, as for backup, I mean, geez, I mean, I would have him in my team. I think he is good enough to be in the Liverpool team. Um, I, I, based on what he was doing um, at Liverpool, yeah, there's no, there's no question about it. I, I honestly yeah. can't see why they were arguing, why they were complaining about him. I genuinely don't understand it. I think I it's think a transition of time. You've got that to have players like him who can come off the bench. Yeah. And, and he hasn't played for a long time, but when he comes off, he hits the ground running, he's sharp, he's, off, 
You know, he's able yeah. to, to get up to speed quickly. So he's clearly doing the work behind the scenes. He's clearly working hard on the training ground. He knows the systems. He knows the, the transitions and stuff. So you need players like that. A club like Liverpool, you're fighting on a lot of fronts. You're going to need a deep squad. I know we're going to talk about it later with some of the other clubs, but Liverpool have got that squad depth right. And depth isn't just about having the right number of players. It's also about having players who can not play much football, but then can come in and do the job when they need to. And he's exactly that kind of player. And he proved it this weekend. Yeah, 100%. I think the other thing is that, you know, he hasn't been given the time, like Mosa was saying. He came in in January. He is from Japan. He only knows how to speak German. So him getting used to everyone else and, like, you know, when, when they won the league, you saw Hindo making concerted effort to include him, you know, as part of the group. So for me, I think he's a fantastic player. He's a typical club player. He's selfless. He's going to work his socks off. And he's intelligent. I think that, that's the best thing. So yeah. he is kind of somewhat undermined based on the players he has around him. But in terms of the players that are around him, what I found interesting about the weekend's game was that Salah was dropped and Mane started. And, yeah. you know, obvious, for obvious reasons, it's him getting, you know, resting Salah. But what I like is you know, you're never going to do the inverse. If Mane is fit, you're not going to rest him and then start Salah. Yeah. Because Mane tends yeah. to do a lot more for me in terms of he gets if, if he's buzzing, everyone else is buzzing around him. I don't know, uh, Nick, you're shaking your head there. You, you're going, I'm annoying. No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you because I think Mane is probably proved to be probably if not in the last year and a half, your best player and your most effective player. So I agree with you. I'm not too sure in terms of, um, in terms of the two, if I had to pick one, I think money would be definitely that one. Um, but I think alluding to what Matt said, you guys have so much depth and Klopp knows how to use it, which is fantastic. Yeah. And obviously hard for all of us to watch because it is, it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you might just get on another run and you might just run away with it. Uh, whereas, Maybe in the last yeah. couple of weeks, we thought it was going to be a lot, a lot more close, uh, or a lot closer than we actually thought. Mm-hmm. Um, with mm-hmm. your Spurs and your now your Man United, for example, your Chelsea's maybe uh, dropping off in the in the in the last two weeks um, before this past weekend. So yeah, it is it is um, quite exciting. I'm sure for a, from a Liverpool perspective, um, and uh, yeah, I thought I thought you guys would struggle. I thought that was ten to twelve points gone with Van Dijk, but it looks like you guys are breezing through it. I was buzzing when I thought yeah. Salah was going to be on the bench because uh, in my fantasy league, I'm the only one who doesn't have him in my team. So I was over the moon. And then he comes off the bench and scores two, scores two I, goals. Yeah, I was gutted. Eh? I was gutted. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about cool. that moment where money does come off and Salah comes on for him. There, there is a moment where, you know, money's just had his chance to get his second. He misses it and straight after his call, time to come off. And obviously he gets upset. What do we think yeah. about the reaction of a player like that in that sort of situation, as well as the fact that, you know, Salah then comes on and he goes, hey, fuck, I'm here for the golden boots and I'm going to take my chances. Salah, uh, what do you think about that? No, I think, um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, I guess it's a good thing um, that, that the players want to come off. Uh, but also, uh, it's, not, it's not good for, for morale, man. Like, you know, I mean, you, you don't want a player to react like that uh, but I guess it just depends on the kind of player. If it's if the player is being a petulant person, or is it just the person just hungry to play? You know. Um, so it's, similarly with Salah, uh, I don't know. There's reports of him saying that he he wouldn't mind playing for Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, so I think there's more to worry about Salah than 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 Mane. Mane, I don't think there's any problems with him. Um, he's just passionate about the game and wants to always play. But Ricky Salah, I think when he gets like. You know, gives those reactions, then I can say there could be something there. You know, I mean, uh, I I feel that um, you know he he probably want to leave Liverpool at some point in time if 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 those reports are true. 
Um, but yeah, I think uh, Mane, never have to worry too much about Mane. Mane is, uh, loves the game too much. And uh, I think he just wants to obviously play and be on at all times. Yeah, but the, the reports yeah. about Salah are very interesting. Very, very interesting because they say he never, ever, ever just has interviews. Every time he has an interview, it's because it's intentional behind him and his manager. And they've recently held a, like a household interview where they've come in and it's journalists from Spain. And he kind of says, well, let's see where he leaves an open question saying, let's see where the future, you know, the future takes us kind of thing. Kind of almost yeah. saying in Spain, saying, hey, Barcelona, Real Madrid, come fetch me. Obviously, we know the current climate, economic climate for all these clubs is very difficult for one of them to come and fetch a player like Salah. But the issue is now with Salah is he's, he's got a contract with Liverpool that will last until he's the age of 31. I think right now he's trying to maximize what he can get out of football. And then obviously the, the, the infamous or the famous argument as to a player like Salah doesn't win the goal, Ballon d'Or unless he plays for a club like a Real Madrid or Barcelona. And that's just the stigma regardless of the current status of which club is technically the best in the world, <clears throat> Liverpool. But that's, that's just one of those things. You know, so like what happens? What do we think in terms of Salah possibly disrupting sort of what's happening in Liverpool at the moment and him moving on. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Mossa, you wanted to say something? Yeah, man. I think uh, what Mane did do um, over the weekend was just a pure reflection of, you know, his attitude and his approach to every single game. And it shows with all the players at Liverpool at the moment, you know, as soon as they get given an opportunity to play, they understand that, you know, they are playing for a championship winning team. And if they don't give their best performance or put their best foot forward, they can find themselves on the bench very, very quickly, no matter uh, how many injuries they do have. And that's it's a quality attribute uh, to have when one of your your top three players in the club consistently wants to play, no matter the outcome and no matter the result. Even after scoring a few goals, he still wants to play. And that's it's good. For, for Salah... Uh, yeah, I guess it's exciting for him to move to um, what historically would be known as a bigger and better club in Europe, uh, like Barcelona and Real Madrid. But he'd still have to do a lot at those clubs to get considered for Ballon d'Or. I think it'd be he'd be putting the 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 the, the pressure all on himself as opposed to any of the clubs that he's in uh, to actually compete for Ballon d'Or there, which is. It's 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 quite a tricky tricky um, uh, consideration for him to have right after doing so well with Liverpool. I'd give it another year or two uh, if I were in his shoes. See what more combinations they could put up at at Liverpool. See what more they could fight for to give Liverpool an op- a, a player from Liverpool an opportunity to compete for Ballon d'Or. I think for him to move to a club like Barcelona, a club like Real Madrid. Yes, the spotlight will be there, but there are a lot of world players that will be competing for that Ballon d'Or, and I'm not too sure if mm. that spotlight will fall on him. Man, these these awards these awards are rigged anyway, man. Like you can't. Like, I don't. You know, like like Bayern, sort of... like the Bayern Munich yeah. coach wins a treble, guys, and Jurgen Klopp yeah. is the best manager. Like I don't understand this, guys. <laughs> and even what Marcelo's the disgruntled United fan. Yes, Scott says. Scott, what did Scott say? He says that Mane didn't even make the, the Sky Sports team of the year. You see? Yeah, uh, things like that. Like, I mean, come on. Who, who's better than I Mane? I can't understand that. I Maybe I'm missing something, that. but who's, who's better than Mane now at the left wing? Or it's, left based on, it's based There's... on votes, though. It's, it is a Yeah, I know, but I'm saying... Who... Based on votes. Like, players vote. So, I mean, then the players are just stupid. And the yeah, I could say like okay, right, centre uh, mid, you could argue strikers, you could argue, but the left left mid, it's 
that's the first person that come to mind for anyone, really. But yeah, yeah. That's, I guess how it is. Coming coming back to the the sort of Liverpool question, um, where Klopp finds himself is pretty interesting. Is that he's never found himself in a position where he's had a big player like this who's doing really well for the club and now possibly banging on the door to leave. I mean, at Dortmund, he was always dealing with like a smaller club and then he would lose his players, right? This is a situation where Liverpool is technically at this moment in time the best best league, a best team in the league. So he's not going to lose go. a player to, to another Premier League side, but it's that, that whole Ballon d'Or sort of Spanish argument where, so trying to manage that in terms of getting the best out of the team and also, you know, managing the players' expectations. One thing that was said is that Salah, whenever he is disgruntled, he says it as it is. And that's one of the things where, you know, Klopp's come out now saying directly after this interview has been said, and he says, no, it's okay. It's all right. He's kind of like, it's almost as if Salah's looking for a reaction and Jurgen Klopp's going, nah, you know, it's fine. It's okay. It's cool. We've got this. Because it's almost like he knows that Salah needs to perform for the team for him to get a new contract anyway with the Liverpool as well as a new move. So he's, he's not stressed about that. Rich, how do you think his approach to handling a situation like that is when a player is causing a bit of a, an, an almost like a Sterling-esque sort of unprompted interview to move to Man City in a way a couple of years ago? Well, I mean... Coutinho, uh, when Coutinho left to Barca, Klopp was around uh, during that time. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. He was. I, I thought yeah. I thought he handled that really well. Um, that was a similar situation potentially to what could happen with Salah, and Klopp found a way to to you know kind of get him out the door and make sure the squad stayed tremendously um, strong and together. And there was a great calmness around the the Liverpool camp. So he's he's got to just try his best to handle it. If, if Salah does throw his toys out the cot, he's got a big decision to make. But I'm a firm believer in, in the fact that if a player does get to that stage, there's no point keeping him, uh-huh. keep him at the football club. You know, Payet had the same thing. When he threw his toys, we had to let him go as good as he was. Same as uh, Arnautovic. Get him out the door. It's not good for the dressing room. And with a really, really strong dressing room that Liverpool have, I can imagine over time, if you've got those kind of troublesome players in the camp, it can really start to detract from the vision of the club and, and the players pulling together. So Klopp's going to have to handle that. But he did really well with Coutinho a couple of years back. So I wouldn't be surprised if he handles it well again with Salah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. man. But going back to the, the whole money thing and not being selected, personally speaking, like I say, when, when, as a Liverpool fan, we watch these players week in, week out, week in, week out. We know what the guy adds to the team. I just don't understand how, from a sort of awards perspective, how he tends to be overlooked. It's, it's purely based on stats as opposed to what the player actually offers, which also shows you how skewed all this data is. I don't know, Celo, yeah. what do you think? Um, yeah, man, I think, you know, with the, with the whole thing with awards, man, it's, it's just the person's um, opinion of what they deem to be a good player or, or an effective player, you know what I mean? Um, uh, similarly with, um, uh, what's this, Kevin De Bruyne winning certain awards last, for last season, whereas Henderson also uh, won, uh, what's this, I think it was the Football Writers Award. So that's that's just a preference, you know, um, in terms of who you feel impacted the the the, the season more. I think um, you know some were talking about Henderson's leadership and so forth and so on. So obviously there's the actual you know the player uh, and his performance on the field. Um, so yeah, it's awards, man. You know, it's just a person's opinion. I think right now, if we all said um, who's who's been the best player so far this season, none of us will have the same answer. You know, I mean, we'll all have. But, but Silo, the thing is, this thing is here with the awards. When you have a player like Salah, who's personally goal-driven, everything he's doing is for himself, and there's nothing wrong with that because the team's benefiting. But when you have a player like that who's so driven, he's so like 
dependent on doing what he wants to do. And you can see it by the way he plays. He gets the goals he wants to because he waits to get the goals. When he gets it, he goes by himself. Again, money does a little bit of everything. So he loses out in that department. And then based on the opinions that you're saying, he gets nothing for it in a way. So when you have that sort of thing, it does cause, cause a rift in a team. And it's mitigating that and managing that. But uh, one more thing before we move on from Liverpool. I just want to say, guys, you know Thiago still has to come back. Yeah. Scary. And we compare Minamino to players like that, you know. So th- there's there's that level of intelligence that Minamino has. There's that smartness he has. That athletic ability he has. But the fact that he can't adjust to um, different world- spheres of world football as quick as players like Thiago can is is really telling. And it tells of the quality that is in the Liverpool camp. Oh, I mean, yeah. even now, the Liverpool camp, there's youngsters which are coming in right back, sentiment, and really, really pulling up their socks. Everybody that's lost their position has to compete to get back in. And that's it's a great position for a club to find themselves think, in uh, when Silo, players come through the system. Silo said something quite interesting, like in terms of we would all have our sort of different opinion on who would be player of the season so far, but surely it has to go to Andy Carroll for, for his great... Andy Carroll, two cameo, 10-minute performances there. Surely it has to go to <laughs> Talking about cameo performances and um, whether or not the guy's going to be much longer at Arsenal, let's talk about the Arsenal Everton game, guys. Another loss. That's six, seven games. Six, seven games, I think it is. Yeah, seven games without a win. They rock up at Everton. Wonga, what, what are your overall, overall thoughts about the performance? Shame, I think last, week, last year, did he say we're going to lose uh, 2 1? He did um, say And yeah. the thing yeah, is. Man, we... No one's even laughing at you anymore, dude. Everyone's like, kind of, <laughs> I feel sad for you. Because now it's just like yeah, battles. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I can't. I can't understand. Um, I, I just don't understand what's going on. I don't even think Ateta, um, and I, but it's, uh, he'll probably, depending on how he does it, but I mean, he'll probably have to, I mean, that's what he has to do. He has to try to find out what's going on at, with the team because they're yeah. winning games. They're capable of winning. They win in the Europa League, um, but they come into the league and, and I mean, they, they just, they, they know where to be found. Um, we consider the first goal I mean, yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. But I mean, the second goal is second goal is very good. I, I can't even. I mean, I can't deny that. But again, we're not we're not scoring. That's that's for me. But but the, but, but, the problem. Longer. Let's let's um let's dive deep into the actual starting lineup of Arsenal. The players that he played. Are you happy with how he went about the game in particular and these players that what? he selected? Look, I there's no one else we choose. Who do we? I mean, up front, uh, Bomiang I think was out. He was not. He was not uh, fit to play. Um, and he puts in Ketia. I was I was happy with that. Like I said, it's been given opportunity left, right, and centre. They week in, week out, and he hasn't been putting anything in the back of the net. Um, yeah. And Ketia has been scoring, um, assisting in the Europa League. Um, probably also working hard in training as well. I, I would not know, but there he's got the start. Uh, he assisted a bombing the week before. So <laughs> uh, I get. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think uh, I, I I can't argue with anything there. And even uh, Sabayas, uh playing in in in, in the, starting in the middle, uh, the defense can't complain as well. You don't. There's no one better but, to start. But, but Rob Holding, as what's a wrong with Rob Mustafi? Rob, Rob, yeah, Rob, Rob Holding is a captain. Ah, what's wrong with Mustafi? No. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, he is. Why is he your but... captain? Why are, are you not upset the fact that he's your captain when you got other players there? You got Dava Luigi, who you know he is experienced. He can't lose his head, but he's still got more experience yes. in a Rob Holding. So how, no, how does. does that man be the captain? Like <laughs> that's what I said. Arsenal, there's something going on there that I do not understand. It's like this this culture overall is is what can I do as a supporter watching this? But um again now i would have you see when i watch like uh, if i see rob days. holding right rob holding the only thing i can see the base it on is that rob holding's been there um 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 i think longer than the other guys on the pitch and um th- but yeah i would have also put based on experience uh, and what i hear about david Luiz, i would have also put him on but i hear rob holding as well is also someone also sort of tries to take command the change room i see him during the games trying to uplift the players but for me it's it's um, most captains can also back that up with their performance as well. Um, I was watching yeah. Mark. I was watching uh, 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 Mark Noble uh, with West Ham as well. Not the best, not not the best player, but I mean, you passing the ball, Kai, whatever he does, all the basics right, and yeah. yeah, he's also pushing the team as well. You know, so I just I can't understand it. Mikalo Teto, the only one who will know. Um, also, I mean, after that, that interview as well, I. I Jeez, it's like I I don't know this guy's he's 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 I don't know what if you can't see what the problem is you're not trying to solve it but I mean it's it's almost like he's uh, yeah it's it's painful I mean, he's sort of being naive in a way I mean he's, those stats he mentioned uh, none of them matter like it, it, they don't it, it's stats are based on your past performance so yes of course you're going to say last season you had a you had a, 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 a poor chance to win. It was because of this, the games that happened before. And what's currently happening, that's what the stats, that's what the stats do. It tells you everything that happened before. But it doesn't matter when you're there on the field, like he said at the end of the interview. And that's, that's what matters to me. It's like, it just doesn't matter. He needs to find out what the problem is with Arsenal. I don't think he knows what the problem but, is. That's the honest truth. But let's, let's dive deep into that problem. I think it's been, it's, we know it, like over time, it's been, it's, there's like this sort of, I don't know, a sick feeling that's happening within the club. It's like this poison. The problem is with, with Arsenal, there have been too many players, far too many players and far too many players who weren't playing. And the issue with that is when a player isn't playing, you know, they start talking shit to other players and the culture starts changing, starts changing. Then they buy this player, but then he doesn't play. And then the same sort of thing happens. And they change the manager. The issue that's currently, you know, at foot with an Arsenal is that Arteta seems safe. You know, the board are backing him. They're happy with yeah. it. And they're happy with yes. him working with Edu. So they're going to ride this way. They're going to stick it out for him. It's very important that they get a result. Now, the issue is the more they go on without a result, I mean, um, Scott mentioned it here again, seven games. They've been outscored 11 to three, five losses, two draws. The fact of the matter is, the more this goes on, the worse it is for a player like that and the worse the atmosphere gets. And regardless, we've all been, the more so we've been in lose, uh, losing run as players. When that happens and you try your best, you need to shake something up. You need to uplift the players. And that culture right now is the biggest issue with an Arsenal. And if you're looking at just the performance against an Everton, the first goal that they conceded, far much, far too much space. They allow the cross to come in regardless. Okay. Second one, both your, you've got a, a, a center forward being front post. You then have another center forward marking the best header of the opposition. And he just gets a free header and scores a goal. Like those are little things, attention to detail. And for some reason aren't being carried through. And I know, like, if you're looking at Arteta, who's mentioning these stats and these details, don't tell me a man like that isn't paying any attention to details. So how is this still happening? That, that's a good... That's, Arteta must answer those questions. Like, I can't... For me, it's... 
Like, uh, I, I think, honest, if I were to, to say what the problem is, I just don't think, again, he's not making anyone accountable um, for what is happening. Because now, if, after this win, it's going to be, ah, no, last season, he's going to tell the players, ah, you know, it was just, it was just unfortunate these things happen. Um, he tells them those stats that, look, uh, Everton, <laughs> we, we were supposed to, Everton had a, a low chance of winning, but they won. Unlucky gents. It's good in this game. I mean, you should be telling the guys like, like, uh, flipping like a zit. Like, hey, bro, you've been getting, we've, we've been, like he said, he's got what? He's got the most crosses in the league, or the most crosses ever Arsenal's ever had. But you're not, you're not behind any crosses. Like, what the hell's happening? Tell, you tell it to Bomi and tell it, tell it to like a zit. No, but it's like it's, for me, it's. it's it's things like that, you know. You, you, you. He's, he's got those stats. That's the stuff you should be using to tell guys that. Hey, look, you, you just need to get behind them. I mean, those guys are financially they, they, they all well off. They've got no money problems there. They pay them well. They set them there. Um, they take care of them. Um, with the uh, medically, they take care of them well. They, they, and, and I know they take they take just extra care of those players with everything in their life. So, geez, just tell them. Okay, now they need to do the job. Can they not just tell the guys just to do their job? I mean, they take the scary everything. thing is, the scary thing is, even if you, if, if, yeah, even if, like, my thing is there at Arsenal is not, uh, if you were to put, give me the uh, starting 11 at Arsenal and you ask them to do the job, I don't think it would actually be that menacing against any of the clubs on this, on this, on this chat. It wouldn't be the scariest, most intimidating team to play against. If you've got players that might be very, very uh, talented, like Saka, um, Nketiah, Nathan Miles, and all of those, they could be good players, but I don't know if they're actually going to beat any of us. Yeah, it's yeah. Like they, you see, even the in the, is, on their best days. Yeah, like for yeah. me, like if I say, if I look at a player like, uh, like uh, Saka, right? If I see him, look, I, 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 I said that in the beginning, I did like Arteta, but now I'm just talking about um, uh, <laughs> the players being able to, now coach being able to get the best out of a player. If, if Arteta plays... <laughs> If Arteta comes, if if uh, no, not Arteta, Saka. If Saka goes to a Liverpool, do you not think he'll improve as a player, at least for two, two or three years? Of course, I won't see him play them. No, with Liverpool, I mean, the current state, the current state on any of Arsenal's players at the moment. The current state, yeah. where where would he even I, fit on the field? It'd be probably the, the 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 juniors. I think it could start. I think it could start. Not not every game. Oh. I'm just saying, like a like let's oh, say like a Minamino. You uh, see, like a, a Minamino playing in and out. That he won't start every game. Hundred percent, he won't. But I seriously believe that he probably be end up being a better player there. Probably Klopp could get what? definitely more out what? of him. Now it's but, but what, just on the wing, what, crossing, what, not scoring. What's Saka's what's Saka's best position though? I think it's left wing. They put yeah, him I'll down the left, left part, back. Yeah. They put him down the left mid. Um, left wing is definitely his position. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he gets there, takes the defenders on. But I think even now, in Arsenal's current situation, he needs to chance yeah. for goals now. You, you know what the problem is right now, though, is right now he's clutching onto players he can trust and he's kind of getting them to do other roles and not playing to their strengths, in my opinion. Mm. That's, that's kind of one of the issues I'm having. And then if you take a player like Pepe, who does... He scores a complete. He scores the penalty, which is fortuitous, in my opinion. I don't think I, I'm sure Matt can agree with me. It's, it was a soft penalty, but it was a penalty nonetheless. But he scores the penalty. He didn't have a great first half, but he started doing something a little bit second half, and then he gets taken off. 
And for me, when a player like that is finally getting his group going to take him off, I, yes. like, that for me is a managerial mistake. Like, let mm. the player, even the game is shit. You know, the guy's not, he's finally like giving something, he's contributing. And now you take I, him off. What's that meant to do to a player's psyche? I think yeah. even with Oteta, I think even, I think the pressure is getting to him. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the honest truth. I think it's honestly, it's piling on him. Because, um, I mean, you haven't won a game in how long now? Um, just the same thing with, uh, Oh, we'll get there as well. I mean, in the beginning, but uh, remember what's his name? Um, uh, Ologuna, uh, Solskjaer. He also had that problem as well. He's not picking the right team. Um, people making are also questioning his life, taking, taking people in and out. Yeah, and I think Arteta's also now done that, especially in the in the last game. But guys, he's played literally. Uh, he's played our, on paper. He's, he's playing our best players. Even maybe, let's say one, <laughs> one or two maybe are wrong. <laughs> But uh, I, I I can't I can't I I just our team against um, Everton it was it was hopeless like you say Everton yes we get a goal uh, Everton score we get a goal back but uh, I knew it there and there that we're not going to win this game <laughs> I was just hoping hoping that we can hold the draw then uh, Mina had to say something about it. But so, Wonga, you play us in the FA Cup. Do you think he's going to try and rotate there so he maybe goes out and he can focus on the relegation battle there? Or... <laughs> I don't I do that. So, you say Newcastle will go through in the, in, the, in the third round of the FA Cup? I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's... And he's, and he's playing bad. the League Cup tonight against City, so I wonder what lineup he's going to have tonight. And, and you know, he came out saying... He's, play he's, second having, team. he's having all these conversations with Pep Guardiola and Guardiola's still supporting him. I think Guardiola's supporting him. Pep Guardiola's feeding him nonsense. But of course, Pep Guardiola's feeding him nonsense. He's supporting him. They may no be like, don't worry, man, you got this. It's like, you know, if one of us suddenly found ourselves managing Arsenal tomorrow, we'd also all be like, you got this, bro, don't worry. It's funny how... It's funny, I like, the most I, I important heard... question that's come out of this week is, and I think no one's asked it yet, and maybe this is the forum to start putting it out there, has Ozil got the same agreement with Gunnosaurus as Arsenal have with all of them around the 20% pay cut if they go down? Does, does Gunnosaurus also get a pay cut from Ozil? If you <laughs> I don't and, think and so. Yeah. Unpacked, you know? True. The question is, yeah, in January. Full pay. You have to get full pay, man. Yeah, Ozil will sort of all the support they can get when they go down. <laughs> but like, yeah, like Ozil, I said, technically well. speaking, Ozil won't be playing in that league as well, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's where we're going. But like I said, last thing as well, looking at that Ozil situation, like, um, Ozil, Boteto was quick, quick and decisive about leaving him out the squad. No, no, uh, like he said, he said he had no, uh, he slept well at night. That's the words he used. He, he won't lose sleep mm. on the decision he made. Okay, so, and it was based on a merit decision. Now there are players in your team that are not performing or maybe they're doing what you're doing and it's just not working. But either way, um, what what now is the consequence for their malperformance now? You're letting them play week in, week out. There's no changes happening. They play mm. defenders. Still, Rob Holding is still there every game. Um, Aubameyang will come back. I know he's a highest play Arsenal player, but not scoring the goals. Like I said, only probably the first person that suffered it. So what happens? Pepe 
headbutting guy, Shaka, probably going to come back after that madness. They're going to put him back on the field and say, nah, he's just having stress problems at home. Or what was He'll it? be captain when he so, comes back. Bro. Exactly. Yeah, that. So <laughs> where's the inconsistency in that is my question. So Arteta yeah. must just kind of sort that thing out for me. There needs to be consistency in that. Yes, and is that why you think like players like Saka, if they move over to uh, the likes of Liverpool or Tottenham and the likes, would be better for it? Because they're currently they're very young and they're getting a lot of good game time. You know that's important yeah. for players at that age. No, true. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, no, no, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Maybe, maybe those. And if are... they fight, if they fight with a relegation battle, okay. it teaches them a bit of steel. <laughs> character. You know what? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I think um, Arsenal find themselves in this sort of period where. You know, it's, it's another rebuild and it's going to take a couple of windows. And, you know, when we're talking about the transfer window and the, the current, again, economic climate of everything, it's going, to be, it's going to take a lot longer than what it would have taken regardless. And it's, it's this thing where yeah. Arsenal fans have run out of patience, Wenger era already, and there's been no progress. And I think that's the biggest concern for everyone watching. And, you know, this conversation, Musa mentioning relegation candidates. At, the, at, at what we're watching right now, the fact of the matter is that's a possibility. The only difference being that on paper, Arsenal should have players that are a little bit have more quality than the guys that are fighting for relegation. But at the end of the day, yeah. the Premier League doesn't give a shit about paper. It gives a shit about form and fight. And right now, Arsenal aren't showing any of that. And I think that that is very, very concerning. But let's talk about a side that did show some fights over the weekend and managed to get a point against a, a side that had 10 men on the field, Newcastle-Fulham. Well, I, I, told you, I take Nick, it. I, I, told you. I take it. I take it. You didn't watch the game, Claudio, because there was absolutely no fight in us at all. <laughs> we played half an hour against ten men. Um, arguably, there was maybe a penalty decision, and I'm sure some of you will say it wasn't a penalty for me. It's a penalty. Yes. I'll take it any day of the week. But um, red card and uh, Fulham with a better team with ten men. Fulham with a better team completely over the 90 minutes. Um, and we just didn't have a go. The players looked like they they were just recovering from, from a big night out the night before. And it was unfortunate because, I mean, Fulham were there for the taking. You know, it was a blessing that we got the red card um, against us. And uh, we, we, we put the penalty away, but we didn't create anything else afterwards. We got... Uh, I think our keeper was a bit busy. Our, our um, sort of uh, back four were, were also... The busier of the two on the on the on the sort of last 30, 30 to or twenty five to thirty minutes uh, that was left, and um, it was just a dull, you know, no fight, no spirit, no um, sort of uh, sense to try and or drive to try and win type of game. Uh, so it's unfortunate uh, we play in a, a, a quarter final now against Brentford and. I'm watching here on the side. They're completely all over us. So it's just typical Bruce. We, we are... I mean, Bruce has no clue. Um, he doesn't know how to set up a team. He's tactically... I, I can tell you now, but you don't want to talk about stats. I think Brentford have about 60, 65% possession. We haven't had more possession sure. than any other team in the league this whole season. Our highest we've had is 48%. Got you know what I find interesting about that, though? Nick, what's interesting about that is Wilson has scored eight goals in 12 games, and that's as many as he did in 35 games for Bournemouth. So somehow, yeah, I don't know if it's because the VAR decision is going your way. Uh, but if you look at it, I mean, 
if you look at it from the other side of the coin, imagine we never had Wilson's goals. Where would we be? We'd probably yeah. be near. We'd probably be near the Sheffield United part, or Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> Arsenal might just be ahead of us in that case. But yeah, it's just unfortunate. You know, you we've we've proved this season that we can turn it on and we can actually put a bit of fight into into some performances. I think West Ham was a, was a great performance by us. Uh, Everton was a great performance by us. But then you go to uh, a West Brom and we end up winning, but but we we struggle to win. They were much better than us. We play against the Leeds, who can be exposed, and they've proved it. Um, and we just roll over. We play against a, a Fulham, and we also just roll over. I mean, Fulham Fulham deserved to win that game. Don't get me wrong; they didn't deserve a point. They should have won the game. Um, so yeah, it's just unfortunate. Typical typical week in a Newcastle as a Newcastle fan and hopefully we get into a semi-final and uh, I'll just carry on crying about, about my team. Um, but if we, can, if we can get into a semi-final, we haven't gone into a semi-final in the last 14 years. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. Yeah, but, but let's, let's, time, I, I like what Scott's saying here. Who will finish high in Newcastle or Arsenal? Let's guys, let's just place bets on this. Let's put money away our mouths are. Who, who, who do we think is going to finish Ooh. higher? Ooh, it's a tough one. <laughs> Yeah. I, always, I, I always back my team. I always back Is my that team. Tough? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, last week I spoke about my my regrets of backing Arsenal. I did it once, and it all blew up in my face. And since then, they've been on a form that's disgusting. So, I'm also going to say Newcastle. I reckon, especially because now Big Sam's gone. So, there's be no one to rescue Arsenal when it all goes tits up. Hey, man, Tony, Tony, Tony Pulis available, guys. Tony Pulis available, guys. Could he turn around to Arsenal? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. But Nick, um, Newcastle have conceded in 11 games. They've gone without a clean sheet at home. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. with the manager who sets up defensively. What no, the I, hell? I think that the first goal you guys conceded against Fulham was like case in point what the club is going through with the, yeah. the, the ball smacked in the face and trickles into the back net. I think jeepers. What, no, <laughs> it's like, it's, I think it's just no... I mean... You guys have played. A lot of you guys have played. I mean, if we if you carry the ball from, for example, if we carry the ball into the the middle third, for example, our, our centre backs don't have a clue in terms of which pass to make. Um, and when we lose the ball, our transitions are so slow that our our, our wingers aren't tucking in and assisting. And then we just let players run run at us until they get into the box, and then we commit to tackle. And that's always a fifty fifty. There's a chance for you to get a foul. You know, there's no real tactical knots from him in terms of trying to sort out our defensive issues. And then when we're going forward, we've got a guy like Callum Wilson, but he's he's honestly just on his own. You know, if it and if it wasn't for him, we would be in a lot of trouble. Um I mean yeah. I honestly think a guy like a guy like uh Callum Wilson could save an Arsenal, for example. You know, you put him in any of the top six teams, I know you guys probably have better yeah. players. But he will score. He will score if he gets service. He's, he's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Solid. Um, it's what know, Obama it Young was doing for Arsenal over the past yeah, two, two exactly. three seasons. So I mean, yeah. for us, I think just defensively, we have lost our captain. Although I don't think he is our best player at the back, but we do have lost that sort of um, that sort of leadership at the back. And it, it came out today. Him and Saint Maximum are struggling. Uh, with the repercussions of having COVID, uh, so they are COVID-free, mm. but they they are they still struggling with not symptoms, but they're obviously trying to get their fitness back and probably not not as healthy as they should be. So I mean, those are two big players for us, and you know, going into a period where we've got, I think we've got Leicester, Liverpool, and City, um, and Arsenal in the space of like 
two weeks, it's going to be tough. Uh, so hopefully we can get them back. Talking about um, two big ones and two big players in particular, Spurs in terms of Harry Kane and Son, they've also conceded mm. two goals and they lost 2-0. Matt, in one week, yeah. you guys went from first place and now you're sitting six on the log. Yeah, oh, yeah. Been, it was. It's been. It was a tough day at the office. Monkey's <laughs> getting his own there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, mean, yeah. I, would, I would. I would. I would. I would still point out that it's a long way from fifteenth or sixteenth or relegation. I'm not sure <laughs> after all these days. Um, none of our players have had to check their contracts this week. That's for sure. Um, but uh, that, a, a relegation clause. It has been. It's definitely been. A, it's definitely been. I mean, and it's been three games in a row. The, the Palace game, we were not. Yeah. At full, we we weren't ourselves. We that's a game we should expect to win. We came away with a point. Obviously, the Liverpool game, um, I mean, you know, at the same time, saying losing to Liverpool at Anfield is not exactly embarrassing. It definitely kind of reinforced the point that we're, we've still got a lot to do in terms of that title challenge if we're going to do it. And I know Ronnie is probably only back today to remind me that he said they weren't <laughs> going to win the league. <laughs> so welcome back, Ronnie. You might have been right. <laughs> but... Um, Matt, I mean, what are your thoughts it. on the Bell situation? Look, I think it's it's a weird one because we he left Spurs when he was in his prime. You know, he was and he's a fan favorite. We're always going to want him back. We're always going to want him playing. Um, at the same time, he's not. He's definitely not back at full match fitness yet, and he hasn't played consistently for a while because of everything that was going on at Real Madrid. Um, also, playing for Real Madrid in Spain is a different kind of ball game to playing four Spurs in the Premier League because we're just, you know, we don't have uh, as many easy games as they're going to have. Yeah, Ronnie, all right. (laughs) 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 But um, he, uh, look, I think I want to see him get back to full fitness. I want to see him doing what he used to do, but it's probably going to be a while and maybe it won't happen. I think maybe, maybe we're, we're holding him up to a, a standard that he was at eight years ago and it was eight years ago. It's a long time, you know? And, um, that's 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 something we've got to kind of address, and I think also to a certain extent, games like like the the other day shows that when Kane and Son don't find a way through, we are struggling to to have other guys unlock doors, um, and and that's that's a worrying thing. And I think Mourinho yeah. will be aware of it, and it's something that he'll want to address. Also, we we gave away very Spursy goals, and you know, to, yeah. to Ronnie's point, there is. There, there certainly was until this season. Spurs had this reputation for that soft underbelly, and and yeah. and I mean, Aurier's penalty—that was him from a year ago. He hadn't done that kind of nonsense for a while, um, oh, but it was yeah. just—it was clumsy, unnecessary. You know, it was everything that we used to to hate about him that we thought we'd kind of recover from, but it was all there. Um, and then the second one was just a you know, Alderweireld. He's had a couple of shaky games. If it against Liverpool, he wasn't quite himself, um, and I think his positioning just seems a bit off. Uh, last couple of games in a way that you kind of hadn't come to expect from him. So that's it's something we need to address. We need to get back to being tight at the back again, like we had been for a while. And very early days. And the fact that the the, the fact that we can have a couple of games and drop so you know from, from first to, to sixth does show how tight it is at the top at the moment. I do think it's going to be a yeah. very competitive top six. Um, I still don't think we're out of the race in the same way that United haven't been out of the race. In the same way that Chelsea are still there thereabouts and. In the same way that even City could could still have a run and go for it, and and Leicester obviously and Everton, why not? So I still think Spurs are in with a chance. Um, but as I've said all along, that you're not really going to be able to judge Spurs' title credentials until after Christmas. I think this is what we. Um, the there's a lot to still do. There's there's still a lot of weaknesses we've got. We've got a better squad squad depth than we've ever had before. But like I was saying earlier, 
it's one thing to have a lot of players. It's another thing to have players who can come on and make a difference when you really need it. And maybe we yeah, don't man. have that yet. And I think that's what we'd hope from that's with a, that's a good. That's a good question, though. Is the squad depth thing a bit of a myth? I know we spoke about it, Jay, and you came out saying, you know, the squad depth. But the fact of the matter is, when Mourinho is setting up his team, there's a clear distinction between the first team and the second team. And unfortunately, yeah. the second team, the players, like we, we spoke about Mino Mino, good enough to come to the first team and make a bit of a difference. The issue with Spurs is that second team, those players are coming on and they're doing absolutely nothing for a Spurs. And I think yeah. that's the biggest issue you're having right now. I mean, you've mentioned Gareth Bale, Rich. That's a good example. Obviously, Marcus saying he's played like five games or 30 games over five years, and that's a fair point. But the fact of the matter is, when Nulumbele is forced to play out wide, you don't have creativity. And without the front two doing anything for you guys, you're almost like a bit of an arsenal up front in terms of lacking any sort of creativity or scoring goals. Right, and right. this is, a, I think, yeah, I think that's that's like Tottenham's <laughs> challenge. They 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 have an approach where they come out to like kind of um, break on the counter and sit deep, sit tight. Yeah. And when they need to go and actually uh, show more impetus in a the game, they can't really get subs on to actually take the game to the the the, the next team. And that's a very difficult thing to do in, in like um, in most teams, right? Like you can start off where you very aggressive and then decide to sit back and hold tight using players that you put on. But to kind of spark the interest to get everybody to switch on and to actually push forward is actually very, very challenging. And that's why I think uh, Mourinho has struggled to do it with, with Tottenham when they do go one behind, two behind, because it's a tricky thing to then galvanize the players that have set themselves up in a, in a situation where they're going to sit deep, sit deep and ex- wait for the counter to now go out and attack and go out and be proactive about taking opportunities. It's a tricky, very, very tricky. Yeah, thing. it is. And and also, I think it's important for, for Spurs fans to have a bit of perspective on it too. I think, you know, the, the game against Palace was a bit of a, you know, that, that shouldn't happen. We shouldn't be able to grind out a result there. But losing to Liverpool... Losing to even losing to Leicester is not necessary. They're going to be better sides than us probably over the course of this season. So yeah. I don't think we're, we're close to kind of crisis talks. What we are seeing here is a reality check in, in terms of what our title credentials really would be. And I think that's that's okay. That that's it's in a way it's a good call. And hopefully it will kind of galvanize the squad to kind of say if we're going to do this for real, we've got to step things up a level. We can't just um, you know turn it on for three weeks, have some incredible games against City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. And then sit back and expect to get too complacent. And I think that that level, if you look at the level of performance, particularly against City and Chelsea, that kind of intensity, that's the kind of standard that Liverpool play at every week. That's what we're going to do this over the course of the season. That's the intensity we've got to have in every game. And we've shown now that we just not we're not able to do that at the moment. We we're not quite there. And I think in a way that's a wake up call. That said, we're still there or thereabouts in terms of top back us to kind of be be there as part of the, the conversation later on in the season um, and and I think that's a we, we it's something we need to take on board and say how do we improve how do we ensure that we're, we're sharper in the middle particularly you look at the, the likes of Ndombele and Sissoko and the influence they've been having on games up until this point if they can carry that on if they can still kind of be influential and get back to the same intensity they had against City for example I think then we'll yeah. still be in good stead um, hey, Ronnie made a good point we don't have backup strikers and we haven't had for probably five years and I think that has always been a challenge for us is that we're, if Kane and Son aren't firing we, we don't have plan B's that are able to just roll on and make a difference. Luke Moura sometimes you know when he's on a good day he'll do it but for the most part we need one of Kane or Son to be firing for us to be dominant mm. at the front and I think and it feels that across um, it, 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 you feel that in the squad when they're not on, for, on fire the rest of the team seems to not quite feel confident and, and there's there's a looseness about it. 
Um, and, I felt that, you know. Like, you know, like, with Tottenham, I felt like for the game, I thought, like, if, like, say, Oria, if Oria doesn't do, and I mean, it's such a simple thing not to do what he did. Um, it takes a lot to do what he did. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think if he, if he doesn't do that, I think they still got a chance to win the game. They've put themselves down now. The only thing I think Tottenham, I think a fair result, like if they, no, no areas at the back, I think a fair result would have been a draw because Leicester, just Leicester made sure that they, they weren't counted the whole game. There was no counter on them. And I think that's what taught, mm. that's what taught them now. Um, it's actually something maybe the other teams have looked at and seen now. And maybe Maruno's also probably seen is that when when he can't count a team, it's it's there's literally nothing they can do to score. Kane, yeah. does, uh, not that he doesn't know, what to, most probably they actually don't know what to do. But they know that if they have to, if the defense is high, he knows that he's got the ball. Son is running, he's got someone on the right, and he's going to play them in. But if the defense is playing a, a, a obviously a deeper line, it's a bit of a problem, and, and that's what I saw. Um, in the game yeah, against Leicester, I don't 100%. think Leicester would have scored. I honestly don't think Leicester would have scored against Tottenham if Aurier did not bulldoze him over. It's it's that 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 decision making was what we thought Mourinho had done such a good job with because Spurs have always been capable of brain farts, and I think what we'd seen for a large part of this season was that he seemed to have ground out that 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 the the tendency towards mistakes that we've seen in Spurs' mm. defence for so long. Yes. Um, and that that has returned a little bit. Um, in the Liverpool game for, for Firmino's goal, Alderweireld just, for a second, just stepped away, gave him too much room, and then you guys yeah. won it. And yeah, same here, Aurier completely switched off for a second, jumped unnecessarily. Like, it was, he was never going for the ball. It was so obvious. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's, you know, what was, what was that? What was he trying to do that he thought that was a good <laughs> idea? And I think... If we can get back to to where we were a few weeks ago, where the defence was just making the right decision, you set yourself up. If you don't concede silly goals, you're going to win games, and you're going to over the yeah. course of a season, it's going to equate to a lot of points. So hopefully we can get back there. I'm not panicking. I'm not thinking like you know, and, and I don't necessarily think it's the end of our title challenge. I think there's other yeah. games we're going to play. I think Liverpool are still going to drop points. I think City and Chelsea have still got stuff to prove. Um, you know, obviously Manchester United are now showing what they can do. So it'll be interesting to see if they can take some of that form back to Old Trafford and continue to win games at home. So I think, you know, Spurs are still in with a shout. Um, but what it's done is, is give us the right questions to ask over the, the rest of the season to see if we can stick there. Well, yeah, on that point, I've got two questions for you, Matt. I've got two questions. One, where would Spurs be happy with in terms of where you finish or what you land up with at the end of the season? And then two, is there a worry in terms of what Scott mentions and Marcus, in terms of, we all know how Mourinho sets up. We do know Moss has touched on it already. In terms of the fact, because they're sitting up, they're sitting up so defensively. Naturally, the tendency is when you get the ball, you're going to rush it, and you're looking for a counter attack. And when that isn't on the cards, again, like Wanga was saying, when another team is sitting deeper and they're forced to come at them, yeah. that's a bit of a, a situation that they're not solving right now. So, is there a worry in that? And what would you take come end of the season? So, um, I mean, come end of the season, I think any Spurs fan will tell you, if we finish top four, we'll be happy. Uh, you know, it's, it's at the beginning before the season started. Yeah, not not a lot of us were were confident that we were going to break top four, and and now I look at it and I think we've got a serious chance for that. I'd be really disappointed if we don't finish top four. Um, anything above that would be a bonus. I'd love to be part of the title fight, even if we don't end up winning it. If we just push you guys, push whoever does win it right to the end, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah. In terms of the counter-attacking stuff, that is something that, that that does concern certainly me. I think you saw it against Palace. Palace are a counter-attacking side and we really struggled to have a, a, an answer to that question. We ended up drawing the game because we weren't able 
after we scored the goal, we really sat back and we were in the ascendancy mm. before we scored. And then once we scored, we reverted back to counter-attacking. Because we were playing a counter-attacking side, it kind of ended up um, cancelling one another out. And then we, we allowed too much pressure on ourselves and, and, and conceded. Same thing with, with, with what's happened at Leicester. And I think that is something we don't yet have an answer to. We don't, and, and which is really weird because under Poch, we had, we, we, because of the way we played then, we weren't a, a more counter-attacking side. We were a more offensive, aggressive, kind of push-the-envelope kind of side. We didn't worry as much about that kind of thing. Obviously, we conceded loads of goals at times, but we we're also more attacking intent um, in the way we set up. So I think we need to find an answer to that. We do need to find a way to break down sides that can um, that are going to sit back against us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, Scott, that is true. Um, I mean, considering we didn't finish fourth last season, it would be it would represent progress, I suppose. Not in the same way as Arsenal. We're going to start rebranding it as a trophy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, it's top four I think, I think I think if we were to finish top four this season with a clear indication of progress, I think that would be that would be good. And also some good silverware, result. I think. And you know, Mourinho, he's he's a big fan of the Carabao Cup. If we can go quite far in that, that'd be great. I don't think the league alone is where we're going to measure our progress. I think we need to see us compete in the league really well and potentially get some silverware elsewhere. Um, and I think what we want to see as Spurs fans, and a lot of us are accepting that we're not going to be the free-flowing kind of attractive football side that we used to being. Um, but hopefully, if we can be pragmatic and a bit more, a bit more Mourinho-esque in our approach, and it results in success, then then that's something we're probably prepared to trade off. I think if we play this defensive kind of um, safety-first football and then come away with nothing, then a, a, you'll see a lot of Spurs fans turn on it. Um, but, yeah. but if it results in silverware, then maybe it's a, a necessary uh, kind of transition we can make. But, I mean, it's always so hard to say at this point in the season because, you know, I mean, it, you ask us now, we're going to say top four in a chat title challenge would be great. You ask Arsenal, they're going to say just to survive would be wonderful. So, you know, it, it's, I think <laughs> you've got to kind of wait and see and, and get closer towards squeaky bum time and then kind of reassess what is it we could still do, sort of late January, early Feb, and you look yeah. at what's still on the cards, what competitions are we still in, what's still available, and then say, what could we really make a go of here? Um, Can anyone so, anyone yeah. vouch saying Matt Matt could possibly a polit- be a politician in terms of how diplomatic he was with regard to that answer? Not slating anyone, just saying all the right things. Actually, he could have been a good manager as well. But let's talk about like the convert, like the, the inverse of that. So we're talking about a defensive approach. We're now going to talk about a complete different approach. And you know, one of the biggest issues with this sort of manager in particular was that we were saying he was inconsistent. He got knocked out of the Champions League, but now suddenly, you know, best form in the league and. Title contenders, most would say, Celo. Don't don't jinx us, brother. Is it still hashtag Ole out? Don't jinx us, man. Don't jinx us. Leave Ole to be, and don't give him too much pressure. When you start giving too much pressure, he's going to crumble under the pressure. So let's let's just say we are we are we are top four. Uh, contenders. Um, that's that's what you guys didn't want to. You don't want to include my team in the discussion um, when we had the top four discussions. So <laughs> I, I'm just fighting just for to get to get into the discussion about top four, uh, and then I just got in. Now you want to talk to me about being a being a, a Premier League uh, title contender? Um, <laughs> I didn't watch too I didn't much. Watch the too game. much pressure. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't watch the game uh, because I was. Uh, I was at another wedding, um, but um, obviously I've watched the highlights. Uh, I probably watched the highlights like three or four times even, um, just to actually see uh, where, 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 where the good stuff came from. 
but I'm happy that um, Scott McTominay got some goals um, and uh, Martial uh, had some assists as well. Um, and uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, what can you say, man? You know, come on, you know, what's, what's, uh, uh, no, man. Squads. It should be fine. <laughs> I also think we yeah. should get a great result anyway as a cricket or uh, rugby top. Come on. So, what do you think of the starting lineup? Yeah. Tactical boss before the game. What's up? The starting lineup before the game. Did you see it? Before the game started. James on the, the field lineup? and the likes. Yeah, I did. I did see I did see And the then, what was your reaction? Um, you know what I actually thought, eh? Hmm. What I was thinking actually is that. I think he wanted legs in that team, right? He wanted quicker players. So, uh, so, so Pogba and Matic aren't quick, right? Fred yes. and McTominay are quicker and have more energy. And that's what I thought. I thought he wanted and energy for, 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 the, for the Leeds legs, you know, because Leeds is, is probably the, uh, one of the fittest teams and they, they play at a high intensity. So I think that's, that's, that, that's what Oli was, was thinking. So when I saw that lineup, I was, I was surprised. But then I said, okay... I mean, this guy's won six games in a, uh, six games in a row. In the, oh, well, I mean, um, seven games unbeaten in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Um, let, let's, let's trust it. Let's trust the process. You know what I mean? You 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 want to trust your coach and everything. We've been we've been slating yeah, him a lot to. for for his lineups and his and his inconsistencies and stuff. But I actually feel that that was the right um, lineup, um, taking everything into consideration in terms of Leeds' pace and energy. Um, and then yeah, we'll see what he how he lines up uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, gives um, some of the some of the youngsters uh, a run as well. Hopefully, to see to see Tanzeb in the League Cup tomorrow, um, and then James can play again. Lingard can, can get some game time before before he leaves. You know what I mean? Because he's probably going to leave soon. Um, Mata must get some game time. You know what I mean? Uh, Cavani must get some game time before he gets before he gets banned uh, because the ban is coming. Uh, but yeah, I think it was an interesting lineup. But uh, let's 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 focus on our on our coach and say and, and back him when when he makes so decisions. So you spoke about inconsistencies there, Celo. Uh, but are you going to be consistent now, or are you going to go lose the next game? Because we've seen that. Yeah. No, I think. But I think I think that the 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 what seven games unbeaten um, and um, obviously our way record has been fantastic. Um, so it's good to 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 get the win against uh, Leeds at home. Uh, I think the next thing we need to focus on is some clean sheets uh, because uh, we've we've let in too many goals. Uh, we've conceded the most out of the top out of the top six currently, um, but we've also scored the second most goals after Liverpool, uh, which is good. But then also we just need to make sure we shut 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 shut, shut the back door. Um, if you want to, if you want to be title contenders, then we need to have clean sheets. You know, I mean, you need you need your one 0 wins, your two 0 wins. You know, you need those scruffy wins. You know that 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 Liverpool had last season, where they would just manage to 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 win a one 0 or a two 0 You know, what I mean, um, the six twos are exciting, but also they they're not the kind of games um, that that will win you the the, the league uh, in its entirety. Um, if you remember what Liverpool did uh, when they lost narrowly to 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 City. Liverpool was, you know, they would they would score three goals in the first half and then second half concede two and then end up winning like you know four two. You know what I mean? Um so I think we just need to shut the back door. Uh, we've got less than the league next and then Wolves uh, and then and then Villa. Uh, I think some some three some three some three three tricky games, you know, especially Wolves. Wolves we we generally draw yeah. zero with Wolves, uh and probably will be a zero zero. I think it was super helpful for you guys. Um to actually start winning or start scoring first 
in these games, man, because you guys, that thing of coming from behind, as you discussed yeah. the other time, isn't, isn't, it doesn't help anything in terms of the morale of the team, the composure yeah. of the players on the field and how they can, you know, try yeah. and get combination play on the field. And to see you guys scoring, yes, granted it was super, super early to collect those uh, two goals, goals but are. they really, really do um, change the complexion of the game. They destabilize the next team. And really do put you in the ascendancy for the remainder of the game. And it was nice to see Man United actually doing that. So mm-hmm. I, when I watched the game myself, I, I, I watched it and I said, uh, there were moments in that game, yeah, the Man United went up. Um, geez, I just grabbed the remote and I was surprised that McTominay uh, <laughs> scoring uh, scoring so quickly. I mean, even uh, before the game, what's his name? Uh, it was Michael Owen. And who else was it? Yeah, but they slated their starting lineup. They were like, nah, I don't <laughs> see. And I was like, James, no ways. How can Pogba not be starting? Blah, 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 blah. Seconds later, I'm sure they were both looking at <laughs> each other. Like, <laughs> like, What's going on? Yeah. But uh, there were moments, even when Man United were, I think they were tuning up. There were times in the, like, the midfield for me. Like, yeah, I think it, it helped in this game. Maybe the next, next game, obviously, is going to play something else. Maybe it's changing the, the team game by game. But uh, there were times, there were passes in the midfield that, yo, you, they were giving away. I mean, if you did it to another team, um, mm, yeah, any, probably other teams, like a Wolves a wolf or something, even a Wolves, yeah, just say a Wolves. You pass, lose a ball in the midfield like that. Stupid passes, careless. There were probably like four or five I saw. Um, another mm. team would have punished them, especially the positions that all the other players were in. Um, but again, yeah. they did well. Like I say, that game, they did well to win that game and they needed the three points and they got the three yeah. points. Yeah. It's showing a few like weaknesses in Leeds' type of approach. Like, yes, we, we've spoken a about few. how well they run and the likes. been telling us about Leeds, guys. Lickers, yeah. 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 That philosophy... They, I don't want to interrupt, yes. Mosa, but this philosophy is so flawed. It mm. can only work, honestly, it can only work if you have the right players. I'm not saying they're not the right players. They were the right players for the championship, but this season they're going to get exposed, and they got exposed. No, you're right. They, they didn't play well, they were very average. For me, they, what, for uh... me, people are so excited about them, but look at where Newcastle are and look at they are. I think they're one place behind each other. We've got a game in hand. Like, come yeah. on, Steve Bruce... Steve Bruce, we must praise him then as well. His philosophy is working. It's the yeah, same yeah, with Bielsa. <laughs> Come on. Honestly, they must stop giving this guy a handjob every time they, 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 they his true. name comes out. Like it is. It's like very yeah. hectic, bro. Like they, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I, Guys, I, I, can't, wait for, I can't wait for Steve Bruce to get the sack and be replaced with Bielsa. It's going to yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> blow my mind. <laughs> in, in all the... <laughs> Nico, oh, give it will be okay. Be okay. <laughs> see, uh, Scott says mm. that uh, Leeds were, I mean, they were, they were average. And yeah, watching the game, it's, it's, that's a very, I mean, good uh, analysis of that. They were very, very average. I mean, even the first yeah. goal, the first goal, second goal, I honestly thought, I mean, geez, the, the, another team would have done better there. Then they just let open the gates. They hardly even tried. Um, but like I said, I'm not... Man United got the, the three points. Uh, they're on the on the good run, but again, I don't think that if uh, if all is thinking right, you'll know that. I mean, look, he played an average team on the day. Um, yeah. He's not going to take that win like um, as the scoreline suggested would uh, mm-hmm. performance-wise. Yeah.
but a lot of also, you can only play the team that's in front of you. You know, you can't. They, they didn't. Yes, not true. These are there. They've got to play them, and they did. They did the business. You know, and I think that's where United have fallen down previously in the season is that they've they've fallen down against average sides in front of them, and I think they showed this this time around that put an average side in front of them, they'll do the business. So that, that was very much a United evolve and a result. You know, just turn the knife, don't give them any space, score six goals, walk away. Was it a good game? Did they play a Yes, Does it really matter? We scored six goals, we'll walk away, we'll win. And I think, yeah. to me, that's why United off into your title <laughs> contender because, you you, you know, the other game in hand is it's Burnley in it. And, and I think that's, Burnley, yeah. that's Burnley, a, yeah. another game where you think they should win it. And, and then they're right there and thereabouts. So those, the... The challenge is that because it's Olay, none of us trust him. You know, we're, we're looking at him and thinking, you know, yeah. it's Burnley, but they could fuck him up. You know, like, like so. And I think that if, if this was if this was United under a different manager, we'd be saying they are definitely title contenders. They're right up there. They're probably second favorites. Yeah. So, 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 the consensus, so the consensus in the comments and the consensus here is that realistically, Man United aren't title contenders. But something Roy Keane came out saying is that he said United are still the best of the rest apart from Liverpool. So they're still better than every other team. So he's saying they're going to finish second. Are we in agreement with that at least? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've got to play all no the games at home though. Not from what I saw. We're not. You know, in, in the last seven games, yes, we've been the best team in the, in the Premier League. But nah, man, I think... Uh, yeah, not a chance. In, honestly, we 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 are looking at top four, man. That's that's where we're looking at. Um, and let, let us ride this wave as long as we can. You know, what I mean, like 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 what uh, Matt was saying. You know, just ride the wave. Um, Ole has definitely shown in the past that he can get to the most critical time of a season or most critical moments, and then he and then he lets it slip. You know, what I mean, three semi-final exits last season just showed us what kind of. Uh, how how his mentality is, and um, maybe he he's learned from that, but uh, time will tell. That's the only thing. Time will tell. Um, and yeah, we are definitely top four contenders, uh, and then title contenders. We shall see. All right, we shall see. But something we did see last night was a three 0 drumming. Uh, Chelsea West Ham. I know Richard was not not happy about this <laughs> result from the group chat. He's like, "How is the result three 0 I can't understand this, Rich. Let's hear your thoughts, and then we'll move over to Mosa. Look, I mean, I'm not too upset about how we played. Um, after the game, I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know what, we've actually put up a decent fight, so I'm not too upset. Mm. Um, I think the first goal was really, really poor from us to, to allow Thiago Silva a free run is just suicide. Um, and then, obviously, in the first half, we had a decent spell. Second half, we had a few decent spells as well, but we were just a bit toothless. We, we again, we're struggling with Hala up top. He offers us so little. And I think that second goal, man, it just killed us. When when Werner tried to shoot and it like bobbled and then Abraham put yeah. it away, that's, that's when I knew the game was over. But I'm not yes, so upset. Yeah. We, we put in a decent shift. Uh, we're just lacking a bit of quality in the final third. I think what killed us was starting Mark Noble as a number 10. Like, I just, I cannot understand David Moyes' thinking there. When you've got Ben Rahm on the bench, why would you play Noble when you have Rice and Suchek in front of the back four? You know, it's just... Also, that is, is not listening to our show. I'm saying you guys are title contenders and he goes yeah. to Chelsea and he wants to set up defensively despite the fact that you guys did the double over them last season. Explain that, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's shocking because I feel like the, the players were, were fairly confident going into the game. We'd been playing well. We were in decent form. And Chelsea were kind of there for the taking. Obviously, they're a quality side, but they, they were also... Uh, a slightly fragile on the confidence front. Um, so we missed yeah. the trick there, but 
but Chelsea took their chances and, and they deserve to win the game. We didn't offer enough to, to take anything from the game. Yeah, true, 100%. I think we, we had a few more chances as well, which you never took, uh, especially some chances that fell to Werner. And yeah. it's it's like his finishing has been just, uh, you know, when, when is, when is he gone on holiday. Yeah, exactly. His finishing has gone on holiday and he gets into all the right places, right positions, but his finishing is just lacking. Um, I was, I was like, I'm at a point now where you watch Jorginho play and I could really, really get him, get him, give him away for free to any club. Yeah. Maybe he wants to go onto the field and injure his own player. You want to injure his <laughs> own player? I'm at that point, man, because you know, for all the attacking prowess we have, all the quality players we have in and around him, there's no need for Jorginho to actually slot into that role. It takes away so much creative ability takes away so much attacking impetus like we should be we should have put West Ham a lot more on the back foot uh, over the mm. course of that game and before Jorginho left we were looking like we were on the back foot most of the first half and bits of the second half where it seemed as if everything was going sideways and backwards and it puts it just it's just not it's not uh, exciting for a Chelsea fan to watch be, being me because we have so much that we spent on an actual getting resources and getting players who can go forward who have done it in the world stages let them come onto the field and do something don't um, plug a hole that's not there because honestly you've got if you look at the three players around him it's Kante it's Thiago Silva it's Kurt Zuma those are some of the best players in the world as well to add a fourth one who's gonna just Ah, that commotion to the party is just, we could let him go for free and we'd be much better off if you asked me. Or miss his penalties for sure. You must must hate the fact that uh, Maurizio Sarri is out of a job because, you know, obviously he he loves him and and he would take him wherever he goes. Obviously, (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have a job right now. Maybe they'll both be out of a job. We can't (laughs) sign him. We can't sign him. Just let him go. Yeah, so how did, uh, yeah, did Pulisic, because he got a start yesterday, right? How did he fare? He fared well. Look, the touches were a bit heavy from time to time, but he fared well in terms of the spaces that he got into, the linkage play that he created around him. I mean, uh, there were a couple of the chances that fell to Werner was uh, Pulisic assisting him in those instances. So he fared well, and he, he really does put defenders on the back foot. There's no easy day when Pulisic is around. You can't really have him in your back pocket the he's whole so day. He's so direct. With his running yeah, I, he's he's such an intelligent yeah. player. I think Pulisic is such uh, a smart yeah. player. I think he runs a lot of games in a row because his, his touch is always a bit off and I feel like he just hasn't had enough game time. Always. He always yeah, exactly. looks like napping sharpness. But his, his, yeah. you can see his vision and the movements he makes and the, the passes he picks out. He is, he is a, he's a solid player. I think you guys should be building more around him. And I think Werner, I think there's some science to be done here because Werner and Aubameyang, obviously, in London. We need to find out where are they both going that saps their talent. There's obviously some sort of... No, like, oh, well, maybe they go to the same gym or, well like, or they the same supermarket and they're touching some sort of magical <laughs> ornament that's sapping their culture. It must be a strip joint. Can't be a. They're running the training. They've shot all their shots the night before and they don't have any left. Hey, maybe yeah, they're hanging out together. Maybe it's not like that at all. Maybe it's something more, yeah, you know, something more romantic. <laughs> it's funny that you ask about Pulisic clothes because, like, while he was on, when it was just him, it, it felt like it was just him trying to create all the activity for players to get in behind. And yeah. as soon as you could pull a, a um, 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 Jorginho out and get 
uh, Kovacic to get involved there, then you could see them expressing more of the space there. And that's that's what I think he needs. He needs a, a, a few more players around him that are going to feed him the ball or create a lot more opportunities around him to then get his best form out as well. Because yeah. it's he'll have to carry the club a lot if uh, we have players like Jorginho there, which is yeah. it's tough. Yo, anti, anti, get Georgina out the club there. But I, I want to yeah, speak yeah. about Timo Werner. Quickly, please, as quick as possible. <laughs> Timo Werner, guys, he's not scoring goals. He's come out saying that the Premier League is a lot harder than he anticipated. Fair enough. He also said the amount of games they're playing isn't helping him because he says other teams are, you know, having more time to prepare than what he is. And, you know, for me, that's very concerning as a striker is already coming out and that's already playing in the back of his mind. The fact that he's even saying that, oh, wait a minute, these guys are having more time to prepare. That's kind of eating away at his performance. But one thing I noticed last night is that the wavelength isn't there at all. I know we've mentioned this. Mm. I know that it's tough to walk into a corporate club like a, a Chelsea versus a family club like an Everton or a Liverpool. Um, but he walks into the club here, yeah, and I just think, to your family point... Club. <laughs> like you guys have sat around <laughs> sharing a cottage all together and like just stole out for a game between the Sunday roads. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he actually believes what he says. But going back to the fact that, you know, he's, he's not on the same wavelength is that when you looked at him at, at a Red Bull, Leipzig, his strength is the fact that, you know, we know he's technically he's not... He's not a money or he's not a seller, but he's got a lot of pace to burn. So he's making that run and he needs that ball a little bit quicker and he's not getting that ball. Yesterday's yeah. situation where he missed the opportunity, Pulisic took one too many touches and obviously at that point, then he had to think too much. His job as a striker or his, his strength as a striker isn't thinking. His strength is taking a touch and hitting it or taking a touch, running past a man and then hitting it. And currently right now, he's overthinking it. I think the Chelsea players aren't playing to his strengths. He's trying too hard, almost like a Torres. It's very reminiscent for me um, as a Torres situation. The only difference was obviously Torres was on the decline of his career and this kid should be, should be flipping sparking. And I think that is a little oh, yeah. bit of a worry for Chelsea. It is a bit of a worry, but it's also, you have to see the other side of it. He's getting into all these positions where he gets, literally it's his, his finish which uh, decides the, the outcome, you know. And if he gets one or, two, one or two of those correctly, his confidence will come up and he'll then have to just keep on doing the same thing. At this point in time, he's getting into those places where his finishing lets him down. It's not really the, the rest of the team, which is like pulling his shoelaces or working on him. It's more his own finishing. And that take, it, it's a confidence-dampening experience when you get into all the right places and then you sky the ball or you kick it straight to the keeper. It, it's, it's something that you can work on at training, but you really, really do have to like build the confidence by getting one or two correct and then the, the floodgates will open up for him. You say that, Moshe, you say that, but he's kind of second-guessing himself in every area. He picks up the ball deep yeah. down in his half and he's making a run. And instead of running, when there's open space, you utilize the space until a player closes you down. He's passing the ball to Tavi Abraham, who's sleeping. He's like, whoa, 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 I wasn't expecting that. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> it's kind of like all the different areas. Rich, I wanted to ask yeah. you, Declan Rice. So he was unfortunate yesterday. I thought the move that they pulled off and the goal that he actually scored, which was offside, was fantastic. I thought I didn't know Declan Rice had that finish in him, to be honest. Yeah, but that was not a great move. Yeah, and this, yeah. the situation is he is a former Chelsea product. There have been rumors of him moving to a Chelsea. In terms of both of your opinions, but more we start with Rich in terms of they're very dependent. West Ham are very dependent on Declan Rice. What are what like what's the possibility of him going back home to a Chelsea? Oh, massive. 
massive possibility. Um, obviously, we'd yeah. love him to stay. He's our captain. He's playing for England. You know, I think he genuinely loves the club. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he'd go this season, but I mm. definitely think he'd go next season. Um, you know, he'd want to ele elevate his career. If he knows he's going into a Chelsea side where he could potentially start week in, week out, you know, play Champions League football, I wouldn't stop him at all. So West Ham are going to have to pull out all the stops to try and keep him at the club, offer him a new deal. Mm. I think he is signed until about 2025, which is decent for us. So if Chelsea want him, they're going to have to spend big which they can do. They've shown it in the past. But our owners won't reject an offer. If a decent offer comes in, he's off. I don't know what Mosa thinks. Yeah, definitely, man. He's, he knows the structures at Chelsea. He's been there before. He's comfortable with a lot of the players at the the, 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 the actual club at the moment. So, And he'd add a lot to the Chelsea uh, the Chelsea team as well. It's just, I guess, at this point in time, this, this team is surplus in terms of how many uh, midfield as it's got and attacking players it's got so but, potentially but he, can replace, he can replace Jorginho you, you've been crying <laughs> yeah but there's uh, there's that other kid um, Billy uh, Gilmore quality Billy Gilmore yeah who's also just yeah. as good you know so yeah. the, and he can be a nice understudy as well and then he'd then have to compete with Billy Gilmore for that position at this point in time but definitely I think a season from now, especially if he keeps on getting the time that he's getting to play with West Ham, showing his, his quality week in, week out, a season from now, a season later, he can actually then start asking questions about is there a potential move for him to, at Chelsea. At this mm. point in time, yes, it could be a move that's on the cards, but I don't know if it'll be beneficial for him, his own career, and uh, for Chelsea at this point in time because it could create a lot more frustration in camp and also could be like really, really stifling the quality talent that he is. I think the 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 Declan Rice one's funny for me because you know you watch West Ham and for years they've been talking about Mark Noble and how he never got an England cap and it's so unfair. Captain Fantastic does all the business, goes get relegated with you, come back, you know. And then, then this kid comes along, he's getting England caps, he's captain in the side, and then he might also get a move to Chelsea. Like it must be yeah, exactly. <laughs> walking into training every day, watching him living his life like that should have been me. But 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 Rich Rich, I I I didn't watch the game, but when you say that Mark Noble started as a number 10, that's actually shocking because I don't know when last he played a game. Um he's bloody he's the yeah. captain, he's on the bench, so he's obviously just giving them morale on um, you know, in the background and stuff. But then for him to start, that's that's down from David David Moyes, you know. Um uh, should have definitely started uh Ben Rama. Or, or, or someone else who's actually been playing. You know, I think he then he's not match fit, you know. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make he, sense. It's, it's going backwards. Yeah. But he did he did he did create a lot of a lot of uh, opportunities for, for West Ham yesterday. He got the ball in really well uh, in behind the Chelsea defense yesterday, which is telling. I think the characters yeah, look, probably I, what they got. He's got, yeah, he's got decent vision. Um, but his legs just let, let us down because <laughs> at, at times we were trying to press and, you know, even when he's trying to press, it looks like he's on a Sunday jog, you know, honestly. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And, yeah, I when, when I saw that team that was put out, I knew he was going to play as a 10. I don't know what Moises is smoking to be playing him in that position, but I knew the writing was on the wall already. You know, I, we, we were going to have to play the perfect game to get any result when you're playing Noble as a 10. So we're up against it already with that selection. Yeah, true. yeah. I, I think look, Noble. He's you know I give him you know teasing about him and that, but he's the thing that what he does bring. He brings an intensity. We've talked about it before with a few other players. Like he he maybe doesn't have 
the same quality, certainly not these days. He's a bit past his, his absolute best. But he brings something to the West Ham side. When he's on the field, there's a little bit more, especially in a game, mm-hmm. you know, a, a game against Chelsea, a big rival match. You know, you talk about Henderson at Liverpool, how he, he gets the rest of the players fired up. He does kind of create a certain fire within the belly. Um, which mm. makes a difference. And I think that's probably what Moyes was hoping for. Like, let's bring someone on who's really going to want to put the boot in against the Chelsea side who are struggling. Yeah. Um, and that's because obviously Chelsea rocked up reading from a completely different script. But um, yeah, I think when you bring someone like a Noble in, that's what you're hoping to do. And he does do that. He he clearly feels every single... I mean, he's never left West Ham. They got relegated. He probably... I think he could have gone to another side at that time. He was yeah. at the peak of his powers then. He yeah. stuck with West Ham. He's captain aside since boyhood club. He's probably never going to leave. They're going to have to fire yeah. him to get rid of him. Um, uh, Arsenal. Actually, when you when you say that uh, Matt, uh, Arsenal would 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 you know would actually uh, benefit uh, by having a player like Mark Noble. You know that's what yeah. Arsenal. Yes. There's a streaker, lads. There's a streaker. Yeah, it was only a matter of time before someone put a pussy on the screen in this show. I want to talk about something there, Rich. Uh, and this is huge news, guys. Rich spoke about it last week, uh, and and it happened. It happened. Messi, Messi signed for West Ham or extended his contract, 2023. Antonio, 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 that's massive for us. I'm I'm delighted. Uh, obviously, his injury record hasn't been great, um, but when he plays for us, we are a completely different animal. So uh, I'm delighted. Uh, he's at the peak of his career now. I think he's just turned 30, which is decent for a striker. He's still super athletic. He's a beast. Mm. So yeah, when he comes back, Hala can, can do one. He can go back to Eintracht Frankfurt and then <laughs> hopefully Antonio can fire us back into the, the top eight again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super uh, stoked because, I mean, you guys have been playing without him. Giroud. Giroud and uh, uh, Abrams. Yes, that actually worked out quite well. Oh, the, um, yeah. Ten, ten yeah, the rotation. happy. Yeah, exactly. It's because, happy. like, it's—I don't know. Who cares, dude? It, uh, he, the thing the, at at Arsenal would be asking him if he's happy. If he's happy, that's the problem at Arsenal. You'll ask players, "Are they happy? Are they happy?" But the big thing is, at like other clubs or clubs that compete for stuff is that they don't care about how happy the player is. It's about like if the player produces the results when he's on, because then, ah, then he's, he's, he's see, fighting for his position. Look, look. Yeah, I hear you, but the guy says he needs to start. He needs to play. Um, yeah, I just don't, I'm not saying now. I'm, I'm not saying he's not gonna. He's not gonna. Obviously, he's, he's gonna be like everyone wants him to fail. But I'm just saying reality was. I mean, he's been but, looking for a club. He wants to. He, yes, he needs game time. It's being linked to the move. It's a tough one for Yeah, but he's, been he's, to he's move. in the form it's, of his life to man. keep him. Has, to keep yeah. him. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that Abraham is scoring. I'm just saying that. I mean, now it looks like reality is. I mean, look, Abraham is getting on. He's scoring three goals. You put him on. He scores four goals. Now the question is, which who does the manager choose? That's what I'm saying. It's it, the choice has to be made at the end of the day. Unlike Arsenal, really wants, he needs Arsenal. to start. He needs to start. it's good to have goal scoring options, you know, and, yes. and yeah. a team that, that 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 their that um that what's this their goal of the month was a penalty, you know. 
You guys want to know a random, a random fact, bro? I think. <laughs> but um, I wanted to say, I think isn't this isn't this the first team, the first time Chelsea have won a game against a team in the top half? Yeah, but it is the first time. You joking? This season, the first time. Yeah, this season. The first time. This I heard, I heard something it. like that uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the first time. Okay. Sorry, Mosa. I just want to mention a, a random fact. You see the why? Why I'm, Wong is getting really touch touchy about the Giroud subject is you see the top that he's wearing. Wong is shaving the top that you're wearing. Discovery <laughs> one. So that top was actually worn by Giroud. <laughs> oh, nice! Oh, no, I'm, being I'm being serious. I know you guys think I'm joking. I'm being serious. When we did the That's photo cool. shoot with Arsenal and Discovery, and we went over there. He actually wore that, and when I came back, I gave it to uh, to to Mr. Wonga over there, and that's why you know he's feeling the love there. He's feeling the oh, oh, embrace okay. from the room. Was like, I don't need uh, this anymore. You can have it. <laughs> all, all I'm saying, I'm is, I'm all I'm saying is, you see, like at at Liverpool, the guys are rotating. They say, yeah, everyone's got goal scorers even on the bench. But at at, at Chelsea, it's not the same situation. You've got you saying, yes, uh, you you have the option of putting the guy like like Abraham on, but to keep Jules not going to stay there and be an option forever. <laughs> he wants to start. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't. You're not rotating those uh, subs. Those those options. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to be on the lineup. And and that that, gentlemen, that was Wonga's stats. Any last words? <laughs> tough, uh, tough times last guys That's, that'll always be mine until things change. Tough times last. <laughs> yeah. see I think that's the key thing like Arsenal like sure they're in 15th but they can look at your club and they can go but are you happy guys like you're sitting top six yeah. but are you happy you know are you happy? <laughs> and we all need to ask ourselves like yeah I'm hitting I'm sitting here yeah, Kane and Sonna banging in the goals but are we truly happy am I fulfilled would I rather be 15th checking my contract whether or not I'm going down <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that note that wraps up the 10th episode of the cool down remember guys if you don't know what to be be cool be cool be cool be cool you're sleeping there lad you're sleeping come on <laughs> thanks everyone thanks for joining us